0: Picture this. You're about to introduce yourself to the stakeholder to your stakeholders. How will you master this moment because listen family this particular moment this moment right here can define your project success. Hey, if you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, I'm just going to make it simple and plain. It just means it. Today's episode is entitled, How to Master First Impression, The Project Team Introduction. Again, How to Master First Impressions. The project team uh, introduction I have a seven point framework I'm actually going to throw in a bonus for this These are things that uh, along my journey Has really helped me When I'm uh, coming into a new team Or there's a A new project being started up, excuse me, or I'm coming into a new team with a a existing team already in place. And basically, I may be switching out uh, for the uh, project manager. So let's go to the first point. Point number one, elevator pitch. Listen, I was at an amazing conference. They call it Funnel Hacking Live. And one of the things that I realized at the Funnel Hacking Live conference was when you would introduce yourself to people, people would ask, hey, uh, so what do you do? And I would say, hey, I'm a project manager. And I was like, oh, great. Uh, So what do you do? So I started I started listening to I started asking them questions like, hey, what do you do? And they they were able to answer them quickly and and really fast. And so this is what you call the agile mindset Basically being able to learn on the fly or be able to make adjustments and not wait until it's later on in the process So what I did was I met someone else and they said Hey, uh, what do you do? And and then this was the caveat. He said, you got five seconds to tell me what you do. I said, hey, I facilitate people and uh uh, materials and resources He said, oh wow so you you do project management i said yes exactly and point i'm trying to make here family with the elevator pitch being able to highlight your expertise at a high level and then if they want to know more they being your stakeholders to be able to boil it down as far as they want to go with you it also involves talking about your contributions but at from a high level you want to be able to speak intelligently in five seconds 10 seconds 30 seconds but being able to Uh, Expound upon when more questions come about so family if you're ever out and I run into you in public and I say hey So what do you do? You should be able to articulate to me if you're a project manager a project coordinator program manager portfolio manager Be able to boil it down to a simple one sentence or or less about what you do and what type of value you can provide Let's move on to point number two point number two is kickoff meetings, you know one of the biggest things that I, I I think that sometimes as project managers, we, we uh, forget about is that, yes, uh, we'll have a kickoff meeting when the project starts, but what happens when a new project manager comes on board? Why don't we never have a kickoff meeting for that? That's just something to make you think. But really, family, we need to have a kickoff meeting for that, meaning that we need to realign uh, expectations, meaning... Who is the team? The team needs to understand who you are, who you are. So the team needs to understand what you do and and what type of value you bring and the resources that are actually going to be on the team. Because who knows what may have happened to the, the stakeholders. You got to get them reengaged. You got to get them re- excited. I don't know why I'm sauceling, but I'm feeling good right now. So I'm going to keep it going. But really, honestly, though, family, on a, on a real talk, we have to ensure that we have that, that kickoff meeting and not just at when a project begins, when a project manager is being replaced meaning that they may have to go work another project or um, they decided to leave the organization being able to basically rebase slide all of the expectations and what you plan on bringing would definitely be bring value to your project point number three clear team rules listen <clears throat> more and more I am realizing the value of setting Clear defined roles and responsibilities. Why why, why do we want to do that? Well, we want to do that because we want to eliminate any potential confusion and overlap within the team because there's there's sometimes that we can use a resource or stakeholder to be able to do Multiple things And we may not need the other stakeholder We may need to use that stakeholder To somewhere else So knowing what those clear roles are You can really kind of use your resources uh, A lot And like I said, one of the things that I'm going to You know, fight for Or my special announcement to PMI Is being able to talk about adding resource constraints. And these days and times, sometimes I'm noticing that uh, an individual or stakeholder basically is doing two, or, you know, one or two roles, basically two roles. And when they're doing two roles, being able to understand which one of those roles are gonna be valuable and which one of them is not. So being able to set a clear expectation as far as what are their roles and responsibility for this project. You don't want somebody, um, uh leading from a budgeting or i should say cost measure standpoint when they they don't have a background in that or they've never done it before now i'm all about you know giving opportunity because that's how we all learn i mean how did i start this youtube channel i had to go through trials and tribulations and i'm still you know i'm still having a a a great time doing it and i appreciate you guys subscribing and hitting that like button because you guys have been showing me some love so Shout out to you guys who's, who's uh, showing me that love. But what I'm saying to you, family, being able to set clear team roles will, will definitely help you. That way people understand what they're there for and what your expectations for. And I'm going to use that same saying that I love saying is because if we don't set the expectation, then we're going to have frustration within the project, storytelling, this is something I'm working more and more. If you can't tell in the video, uh, I'm adding, I mean, well, I should say videos, I'm adding more storytelling uh, to the process because being able to tell a story of past experiences and and that that really kind of develops confidence within the team. I remember recently I had to tell a story about outcomes. You know, we were talking about how uh, we, we were talking about how we're supposed to get this particular project done. And uh, one of the stakeholders said, well, I'm going i'm gonna do mine this way another stakeholder was like i'm gonna do mine this way and i said hey that's great all all i care is about the outcome and here comes the story i said you know i was teaching a i was teaching uh, my daughter about uh she was asking me about why do i throw paper at the actual garbage can you know to shoot it in the it in the garbage i said well you know i play basketball and um uh, Hey, I just, I just enjoy, you know, shooting paper at the, at the basket. I don't know. And it, it, then she was like, well, i just walk over and put it in. There. I said, but let me, let me unpack that for you. What basically the outcome is, is that we both got the paper in the garbage can, correct? She was like, yeah. So it doesn't matter how it got there. All it matters is the outcome that which what it was, was, is that we got the piece of paper in the garbage can. And so the point I'm trying to drive on that, that analogy family is that. It doesn't matter about the outcome when it comes to uh, how, they, how these two stakeholders were going about it. Oh, excuse me. I, I, let me digress. It does matter about the outcome, but the outcome, doesn't it doesn't matter how we got to the outcome as long as it's ethical, as long as it's reasonable, as long as we achieve what we're supposed to achieve on the project. Point number five, I have to do better With this two family from time to time I'll do this, which is icebreakers Basically doing icebreakers really Breaks up and breaks down The barriers, you know In that in the Bruce Tuckman model They always talk about the first two Things that I focus on more than Everything else is the forming And storming aspect of things Within those stages and reason why Is because everyone has their barrier They don't know if they can trust you, they don't know uh, if, if you're there really to help or you're you're really on a path to really sabotage the particular project. And so if that's the case they're going to have barriers up. They don't know you and because they don't know you and you haven't given them enough uh, information to feel that they can trust you barriers are going to be up. But with icebreaker it breaks that barrier it creates a sense of Watch this, it creates a sense of care, or or better yet, it creates a sense of comfort. And when you create that sense of comfort, when people feel comfortable and they feel more relatable, then it's like, oh, okay, well, I see where this person is coming from. I'm willing to work with them a little bit more versus anything else. Let's move on to point number six, clarity of expectations. Oh my God. that that word expectations, I tell you. You know, clear expectation for deliverables, timelines, and performance matrix. Have to be communicated on a timely and effective basis. If we're not being as leaders in the uh, leaders in leading our projects and communicating uh, the the expectations of this project, you know, as that that saying goes, they'll go all willy nilly. But honestly, they would because of the fact that they don't know what the timeline is because all of a sudden the timeline has been been rebaseline. But you didn't communicate out, hey team, that uh, this has been a rebase And I'm not just talking about verbally because I've gotten myself in trouble with that as well uh, in my past where I will communicate a timeline out verbally. One of, one of the resources, uh, well, another resource from another team will document it and say, well, you know, uh, ED said this. So we're going to go with uh, what, what he said and, we, and they document it. But I didn't send it out uh, via email and say, hey, this is the new timeline. This is the new rebaseline. So we have to be sure. and I'm pointing the finger at myself, too, to ensure that we set clear expectations around our timelines and what the expectation and deliverables are. Moving on to point number seven, feedback loop. I almost started to call this um, therapy sessions. Did you like that? Reason why I I wanted to call it therapy session is because when you're able to give a feedback loop, when someone can tell you something out of trust and it doesn't get back to the person that they were saying things about, and it's not about something being negative, it's just, hey, John over there is not doing his job. I mean, when I mean by he's not doing his job, you gave him a task and he's not prioritizing it over all the rest of his work because he's he's bogged down or he's not doing what he's supposed to do And so it's up to me as the project manager to ask probing questions like hey John How's things coming with the task that we agreed on that you were going to complete and say oh it's going well Could you explain how it's going well? Do you have a, a tracker? Do you have show me what you have so far so we can make sure sh- I want to make sure we're on the same page So being able to create those feedback loops really develops and creates that trust Point number eight, you know I couldn't walk away without giving you guys a bonus today. And I remixed this as well. Instead of saying effective communication for this, what we're talking about today, I'm gonna say trust communication. Listen, the ability to develop trust within your team is the only way you're gonna have major success. Now, people may disagree with me. Hey, that's that's your that's your opinion just like this is my opinion but the reason why I say trust communication is important if you say you're going to do something if you say you're going to be there to support your stakeholders regardless of what is happening meaning that you have their back you making sure that if they are being pulled in meetings that has nothing to do with the project that we're working on and leading because let's say for instance they're assigned directly to your project they don't have any other work but because they're such a good resource people are tapping them and wanting them to work on other projects. That's one of the reasons why I love the Scrum framework is because of what the Scrum master uh, that resource makes sure that they're not bothered. They being the development team that they're not interrupted that they have a clear tunnel vision focus to focus on the 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 sprint that we agreed upon. And so I say that within uh, leveraging a waterfall approach is being able to have a trust communication. Listen, these these eight uh, points that I shared with you, they can be transferable in any business, personal or business, I should say, because we have to understand, and there's many more. Maybe I may make a part two. It depends how much love you guys show me, but really these items are really just some of the foundation. There's much more that we can go into and have a deeper dive into. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I've been your boy, ED. You know my slogan. I'm out.